Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Let me just run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years. They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract's fine print? Or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back, no matter what the future brings. Sign up today at LegalShield.com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for complete terms. You know our trusted partner, TireRack.com, for their fast, free shipping, free road hazard protection convenient installation options, and their great selection of best tires, like the highly consumer-rated Bridgestone Weatherpeak. But did you know they sell other automotive products? Wheels, brakes, suspension, just to name a few. Go to TireRack.com slash Colin. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. Hi, let's talk about Pro Plan Sport. Pro Plan Sport is advanced nutrition made to fuel strength and stamina in active dogs like yours. So wherever your next journey together takes you, start it off right with the high-performance fuel your dog needs to keep pushing you every step of the way. Pro Plan Sport. Learn more at ProPlansport.com. The Volume. Colin Cowherd podcast brought to you by FanDuel. It's never been easier to play fantasy on FanDuel. Whether you love basketball, golf, soccer, or any fantasy sport, there is a contest for every fan. FanDuel, more ways to win. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Friday morning Colin Cowherd podcast. Bill Cower, CBS broadcaster, Steeler coach formerly, will be joining us in five minutes. But it's time for another Friday edition of Fake Questions, Real Answers. Listen, I got a lot of answers. I just don't want to wait for people to ask me the questions. So I'm going to ask them to myself. Here we go, Fake Questions, Real Answers. Dear Colin, you just added a boxing podcast to your podcast network. Why? Yes, we did. The Chris Mannix Boxing Podcast brought it over from Sports Illustrated. Here's why. Boxing is growing. UFC and boxing, both growing. From the Logan Pauls to the Tyson Fury, you're seeing more and more people get into it like UFC guys. Chris Mannix has great connections, great insight, great experience. He's great on the gambling side of boxing, and the dude knows NBA. He can wear a lot of hats for us. And the people I'm hiring at the volume, I respect. Their talent, their reputation, Chris Mannix to us was a no-brainer. Dear Colin, now that Coach K is retiring at Duke, what do you think of his career? Was his work at Duke the most impressive turnaround you've ever seen by a college coach? Great question. Um, it's up there. I'm going to mention somebody who's not as accomplished as Mike Krzyzewski, but I still consider it the most amazing coaching job in the history of college sports. Bill Snyder, Kansas State. 
Okay, when Bill Snyder was hired in 1988, Kansas State, in 93 years of college football, had won 37% of its games. It had the most losses of any team in Division I. It had won one bowl game ever, the 82 Independence Bowl, which is named that perhaps because it's independent from all the other legitimate bowls. This was the worst program in the country. They'd not won a conference title in almost six decades. They'd not won a game in two years. <laughs> they were 0-26-1. Bill Snyder gets there. Very dry personality, middle of nowhere, in a conference with Texas, Oklahoma. In his third year, he had a winning record. In his fifth year, they won a bowl game. In 2003, they won the Big 12. They upset number one Oklahoma. In his first 17-year stint, he won as many games, 136. That's as many games as his predecessors had won in 55 years at the school. He retired. They went back to sucking. He came back in 2009, and they went on another long, successful run. Bill Snyder does not have Coach K, Saban, Wooden, that legacy. But let's be honest. Alabama football, UCLA basketball, Duke's in a wonderful part of the country, a prestigious university. Kansas State, I mean, it's a, it's a town, Manhattan, Kansas, you would not want your car to break down in. That's the most impressive thing I've ever seen by any coach ever. Dear Colin, I saw your employer, Fox Sports, is bringing the USFL back. What do you think of the move? Well, I like it, obviously. Fox has a pretty clear mission. I'm not going to speak for Fox, but it's football, gambling, and politics. If for no other reason than the USFL is spring gambling on sports, it's good. But this is something that needs to be said. Football is not only the most viewed sport in America. It's not close. 39% of all sports viewership is football. And it, by far and away, has the shortest season. There's seven, 17 games per team. Basketball is second at 15%. But basketball's got four and a half times the number of games. Baseball, nine times the number of games. So the reality is, Fox sold off to Disney a big chunk of their company. What they didn't sell off is gambling, football, and politics. That appears to be the mission of Fox Broadcasting. Dear Colin, who's the one current superstar you didn't spot when he was coming up through the ranks? Listen, I, I've, I've, I've joked before that <laughs> Maryland had a player named Juan Dixon. I was absolutely sure he was going to be great. He fizzled out in two years. Kevin Durant is the most shocking superstar. So he comes out of Texas. He plays for a year. Now, he was a scorer. He averaged like 26 a game in college, Texas, one year. He could shoot. So there was no question he was going to make the league and score. But he could not bench. He was seven feet tall. He could not bench, not joking, 185 pounds. I was a sportscaster in my 40s. I could. And I'm thinking to myself, it'd be one thing if you're a guard going against guards. He's a four. He's going to get pushed all over the floor. They're going to push him all over the floor. He'll be a guy who scores a bunch of points, but I would have never dreamed Kevin Durant would have become actually a pretty damn good defender. And though he is sinewy, he's actually pretty strong. So, so I have no problem acknowledging I would have never guessed Kevin Durant would be viewed by many as the second best player in the league, probably by most, and the first best scorer in the league, pure score in the last 10 years. 
All right, let's get to Bill Cower, former Steelers coach. He's got a new book out called Heart and Steel. And you're going to see a side of him most people never get to see. Sort of an intimate look at his family life and how it connected with football. Great stories from his early days with the Pittsburgh Steelers. And I should mention this. You know, when I was, you know, 8, 9, 10, 11 years old, falling in love with football like a kid. The AFC was basically Don Shula's Dolphins, the Raiders, and the Pittsburgh Steelers. They dominated football. Uh, The Washington, at the time, Redskins, the Washington football team, were very prominent, had George Allen, the coach. Dallas was pretty good, Roger Staubach. The Rams, actually, I remember being interesting. But the Packers, when I was young, stunk. 70s, 80s, they were irrelevant. The Steelers then transitioned from Chuck Knoll's great years to kind of a mess when he left, and they handed over to Bill Cowher. He joins us now on the Colin Cowher podcast. Bill, there's only two great football coaches in my life that have retired, and I thought they had at least 10 years left if they wanted to. Bob Stoops for Oklahoma and you. And I've asked Stoops more than once, isn't there the juice, just the, the the college, the big games? And he said, not really. Like, I did it, and I'm proud of it, uh, and I, I have a life beyond that. Bill, I'll ask you the same question. The juice of it, uh, leading men, teaching, mentoring, has there been a moment where you thought, you know, I, I'm still pretty quick. <laughs> I could win in this league. You know, it's so funny, Colin, because since I had stepped down really at the age of 49, um, you know, I've been asked that question, been approached multiple times about numerous amount of jobs. And really, I just go back to the same thing. When I did step down at the time, it was because of family. And as I wrote this book, the memoir, the heart and steel memoir that I wrote, what you're going to see is I did not want to write a football book. I needed to write a book. It was football, family and one's a life's journey of lessons learned. And that's what this book is really about. And I think if you get to know me, as this book will show you on the inside, you'll see that I walked away for those reasons. And from that standpoint, do I miss it? Absolutely. I miss the competitiveness. I miss Sundays. I mean, I miss strategizing. I love, you know, competing against offenses and, and Mike Shanahan and Mike Holgram um, and, and try to find a way to get to his quarterback and bring one extra defender than you can block with. And so making those adjustments, working with players. I did not miss the lifestyle. The lifestyle was such at a time that with my wife, where she was, she was not in a good place. I stepped down because family was more important to me than football. Obviously, it did not work out the way that we wanted it to. She passed away three years later. And it's very detailed into this book that, you know, in my new life with my new wife, that I have more balance now in my life than I've ever had. Do I miss it? Absolutely. I miss Sundays. I miss even teaching. I miss training camp. I just don't miss the lifestyle of living in a bubble, particularly today when you're living in this social media world where everything you do, everything you say is going to be recorded. Listen, Bill, you got, um, you know, we think of the Steelers as this uh, endless machine of wins, but you took over Pittsburgh and that was not the case. Uh, They needed to be rebuilt. And you got a little bit of a break that both <laughs> both newspapers were on strike when you took over. And so it gave you a little space to get this puppy turned around. If you took over today, 
would you have had your run, even with the loyal Steelers? Yeah, I, I, you know, I think, Colin, which is a great question, because I do think that there was there wasn't a platform to report a lot of the challenges that we inherited and that we had to overcome in terms of our new staff and communication and players getting to trust each other and doing the things and trying to change the culture, particularly in that first training camp. And it was um, it was challenging. It was challenging for everybody because we were coming into a place that had not been in the playoffs one time in the previous seven years. And, you know, we we're yeah. trying to change that culture. And so, um, yeah, there would have been a lot of trying to probably burn, putting out fires that, that would have been created because of the social media and the, and, and the transparency with which the world lives in today. It did give us a little bit of being able to work through it. And by the time they came back, we won a few games. <laughs> it kind of gotten into the other right. side of it. So, um, but I still think it's about a culture, is about surrounding yourself with people who think like you, having to make some of those tough decisions. And I was blessed to go into an, an organization and a family in the Roonies that uh, really was about family. And I learned that very quickly. And then being mentored by Marty Schottenheimer, um, who I think was one of the great coaches in the National Football League. When you think about it, what he did consistently year in, year out, growing up in Pittsburgh and going back to my hometown, um, it was really kind of a storybook thing. And I just didn't want to screw it up. <laughs> that was my first right. My, my, my first uh, thoughts going back there is inheriting this team and you know, what the expectation level was and what the tradition was. and um, But, um, yeah, it would have been challenging, I think, in today's world. You know, Bill, you were, you were tough but really liked. And there's a fine line between harsh and kind of loving. Like you could really, even with officials, <laughs> you can be on them. But you don't want to be too on them because they're human and that offside, you know, that holding call may not go your way. Right. Was that a struggle or do you think you inherit that from your father and your family that you could be really intense, but yet a player's coach? Yeah. And, you know, it was so funny, Colin. Thank you for asking that question because it really was one that it's what I did. When I got between the lines, I wanted to win at all costs. I got between the lines. I told our players, I want you to have a passion and a confidence. Borderline cockiness. I'll pull you back. But I want you to push yourself to where you go out there, you think you're the best player on that field. I will hold you accountable. If I feel like you're getting selfish or I feel like you're going to be disrespectful to the game or to the opponent or even to your teammates, that's my job to pull you back. And you have to respect that. We're not always going to agree. I'm going to make you uncomfortable. Because for me to make you uncomfortable, I'm going to push you to be as good as you can be. I'm not going to disgrace you, disrespect you. I've never walked in your shoes. So I did treat them like my own kids. I had three girls at home. I had 52 boys at work. And I just said to them, you know, we went out there that let's play the game and have fun. Let's also plan on winning at all costs. My father taught me three things, Colin, when I grew up. Number one, don't quit. You quit once, you'll quit again. Number two, work harder than the other guy. Working hard doesn't mean what you're doing when people are watching. It's what you're willing to do and sacrifice when people aren't watching. And number three, don't be intimidated by anyone or anything. Self-confidence. It's hard for others to believe in you if you don't believe in yourself. So that's my upbringing with my father who pushed me, a mother who nurtured me. Um, but you know what? When I did down the field, that's what I did for a living. When I was off the field, it wasn't who I was as a man. And I think if you read this book, you'll see that. The Colin Coward Podcast, proud 
to be presented by FanDuel. Never played FanDuel Fantasy before? Great. FanDuel's offering users the chance to play free. No deposit required. Plus, for those folks who want to deposit, FanDuel's offering up to a $500 bonus instantly when you make your first deposit with our 20% deposit match. It's sweet. Why do you plan FanDuel? Well, the FanDuel Fantasy is an easy, easy to use app. You pick a new team every game. You compete for top cash payouts. Compete against your buddies in head-to-head matchups. For new users, FanDuel's offering up to a $500 bonus instantly when you make your first deposit with their 20% deposit match. Just go to FanDuel.com slash Cowherd. That's it. FanDuel.com slash Cowherd for more info. FanDuel.com slash Cowherd. They know we sent you there. FanDuel, just more ways to win. So you're a sports fan, right? That's why you're listening. But if you're considering getting in on the fun of sports gambling, I want to let you know about a great resource, the Action Network. The Action Network is where fans go when they're ready to bet smarter and turn a profit betting on sports. In fact, their free Action Network app, free, recently named the best app in sports betting. With the Action app, you can, one, see the latest picks and articles from the Action Network gambling experts, two, compare odds from different sports books, and three, track every bet you make so you always know how your picks are doing. So if the game means more to you, download the free Action Network app and start betting smarter. Let me just run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years. They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract's fine print? Or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back, no matter what the future brings. Sign up today at LegalShield.com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for complete terms. You put it off long enough, it's time to replace your tires. Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive. Touring tires for commuter comfort, performance tires for sporty handling, all-terrain tires for on- and off-road adventure. Go to TireRack.com to get started. Not sure where to begin? Use the Tire Decision Guide to get a personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose from the full line of Kumo tires. Ship fast and free to a recommended installer near you. Or choose the convenience of mobile tire installation. They'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site. Doesn't get much easier than that. Go to TireRack.com slash Colin to see their Kumo test results, tire ratings, and consumer reviews, and be sure to check out all their current special offers. Great tires, great deal. What more could you ask for? That's TireRack.com slash Colin. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Thank you to our friends at Panini America, the official trading cards and NFTs of the 2024 Colin Coward Show. Panini America delivers a premier collecting experience with the most sought-after NFL, NBA, 
FIFA and WNBA trading cards. Whether you're chasing rookie sensations or collecting timeless legends, Panini's got it. Panini America is also breaking new ground in NIL, featuring some of the biggest names in college sports. And now newly minted first-round picks like number one overall Caitlin Clark, Angel Reese, J.J. McCarthy, Michael Penix Jr., and more. If you're into cutting-edge digital collectibles, don't miss Panini's NFT platform at nft.paniniamerica.net with some of their first opportunities to collect this year's rookie class. Whether you're a collector of physical cards or a digital enthusiast, Panini has you covered. Check out their most popular brands like Prism, Select, Donruss, and more, including Panini Instant Cards celebrating the biggest sports moments on cards right after they happen, such as Draft Night Instance. Visit PaniniAmerica.net or download the Panini Direct app today. Panini America, the official trading cards and NFTs of the Colin Cowherd Show. Three daughters. Have you ever thought, even though you coached men, there was something you gained from daughters that helped you as a coach with men? There's no question about that. I, as I said, going through this book with Michael Hawley, who was a very good collaborator, you know, went to Point Park College, which is in Pittsburgh, grew up in Northeast Ohio. Um, as we went through this, and I said, you know, I don't want to write a football book, Michael. I said, I want to write a book that's more about family and about life and, you know, and leadership. And he said, well, let's do it this way. Let's write it chronologically. And so as we went through this thing chronologically, it allowed me to go through my periods of life. As I realized and stepped back, the mentors, my father, Marty Schottenheimer, Dan Rooney, they were amazing men. But the one thing that they had was they had confident, strong, nurturing wives. My mom was that way with my dad. How many times she told me, oh, Billy, don't worry, that's just your father. All of a sudden, I, I sit there and I get I get married to, to Kay, and all of a sudden, Kay to me is the backbone of our of us. We met in college. She played professional basketball. You know, she ran the household. I'd come home from being head coach of the Pittsburgh Steelers. I'd walk in there, don't touch the thermostat, and you're going to take this. You're going to take Lindsay to practice, and, and here's a sandwich along the way. But but Kay, I got the drafts in five days. Then take your notebooks with you. You can sit in the car and do that. <laughs> So I wasn't even a coordinator. I, the girls would be telling me what to do. So I went from there to there, and she was the backbone of our family. And then all of a sudden, she passed away, and I meet my wife today, who was a musician. And all of a sudden, as she now comes into this blended family with three daughters who are all strong, confident, nurturing women. And she blended herself into something that I think that she could write a manuscript when you read the book and talk about that. It was our tough times. It was, you know, as, as I look back, as I did this book, as you just said, behind, to, to, to behind every mentor of mine, my father, Marty, and Dan Rooney, there was a nurturing, strong, confident woman. My mom, Pat Schottenheimer, and Pat Rooney. And I met them all. And they used to tell, talk to my wife, Kate, at the time, of what it was like to be the wife of a head coach. When it's time to let him go and do his thing, when it's time to rein them back in. And so, yeah, I think that's the balance that I needed. And my three girls at home, Colin, um, women in my life have been inter an integral part of my success. There's a new wave of general managers who do a lot more trading than the old guys. 
there's a new wave of coaches, Sean McVay, who doesn't want to play any of his starters in the preseason. One of the reasons I like this, I'm, I'm a big believer in adapting and that rigidity has killed more careers than anything. And football is so popular in America that there's an insatiable appetite from the fans. NFL adds another game. College football adds a second recruiting date for coaches. And it's really puncturing the quality of life of the football coaches. And as we add a 17th game, as I hear you talk about your family, I think to myself, you talked about life balance. Jimmy Johnson once told me this. Jimmy's a friend. And he said, listen, man, when you coach football, you have to be all in. I had to retire. I couldn't I couldn't do both lives. And do you ever worry? I like these Sean McVay guys that say, no, there's new rules. You don't have to play any starters in the preseason. And then he goes eight. No, his first year, because everybody said, you got to play. You got to play your starters. He's like, no, not really. I'm not going to. And I do see this evolution from young GMs and young coaches pushing back on what you, quote, have to do. Um, do you think sometimes football is so popular that we don't consider the human element I mean, element for our coaches, the, the quality of their lives now, more games, more playoffs, more camps? It really is not is not the directive. It's not where we should be going. I don't know if it's a directive, though, Colin. That's, I think it's a, it's a personal choice. I, and I go back and I just say that from the standpoint that, you know, you're adding one more game. It's one more week. And yet you still have this offseason. There's the draft that's going to that you get prepared for. And there's the combine, which we now are pulling back on OTAs, which, you know, give or take. And I know for me, we had OTAs come out. and I'd go to some. I wouldn't go to others. You know, I used to sit there during the course of the season and schedule my press conference based on the basketball schedule of my daughters. I think the <laughs> biggest thing coaches have to do is just realize it's not how many hours you spend at the office. It's your ability to delegate, your ability to be efficient with the time that's there. A lot of times it's just, it, you know, it, it's paralysis by analysis. You know, you can sit there and overanalyze something. It really, if you know the game, you've been in the game as long as I was, I know there's so many times it's well documented. I put it in defense and not before the Super Bowl. I kind of waited a little bit too late. I probably a little bit late to put it in, but we called it 33 times. And we won 30 of them. And my point is, is that we could overanalyze something. It's how many hours you put in. It's the quality of hours you put in. And if you don't can't get away from it, you're not going to be as good at it. And so I just think it comes to a personal choice of having the balance in your life whatever that balance may be, because it's also important for the players to have that same balance in life. They know, I want you engaged when you're there. But if I keep pushing you to do something and keep doing more and more, and you're not engaged and I don't care about you as a person, I'm going to lose you as a player. So they have to know you care about them as a person first. And that was the first thing that I had to do. Is I understood that because Mr. Rooney always asked me about my family. So I'd ask the players, how's everything at home? How's your wife? How are the kids? How are your parents? And then, you, you, by the way, you played pretty good last Sunday. You know, so it's like, you know, it, it's the priority that you have on certain things. And I think it starts with leadership of being able to have that directive of making sure that get those coaches out of there by Friday. I don't want anybody in there. Get out of here. So, you know, it, we'll get it done. We'll be efficient. But that's, it's not because I'm the first one in and the last one to leave is what's going to win games on Sunday. You know, you took over the Steelers and you didn't have an elite quarterback, then you get Ben. And, you know, Jay Glazer always jokes, 
being a coach is a miserable life if you don't, when you drive to the stadium on Sunday and you're like, we don't have the horses, like we don't have it. But, but how did Ben just change the temperature of the room, not only among the players, Bill, the confidence of the coaches, things you could do. Like he changes, like that's what Brady does to Tampa. He changes the room. And, you know, Bruce Arians, like you, is a people person. Bruce immediately understands the value of listening to Tom, a partnership. Let's grow together. So go back to year before Ben, then Ben, and and kind of that situation. I mean, take me through that for you, that journey. Well, the journey of quarterbacks going from Neil O'Donnell, um, who was a very good quarterback. Um, he was the perfect guy. He beat out Bobby Brister. And um, he was the guy for us at the time. Even though we lost in the Super Bowl in 1995, um, we did not sign him back. We had drafted Cordell Stewart. Um, Cordell happened to be one of the better receivers we had in the team. I asked him to kind of just wait a couple of years. Please be slash for me, which means I'm not going to take away the quarterback you're still quarterback slash receiver. So I'm going to call you slash. That's how he got the name. And then he took over in 97. We went on a run, went to the championship game in 97, got back, you know, his first year. And then we get back there in 2001, a championship game. We just could not get over the hump because we really didn't have much margin of error. Now, I think it's the right. one thing where you don't have a quarterback that can't make plays that are off script. You don't have margin error. We had to make sure that we were playing great on defense. We had a great special team. The 2001 uh, championship game we lost to New England Patriots, they returned a punt for a touchdown, blocked a field goal for a touchdown. So there was no margin error. The one thing that Ben gave us, and I realized that when he came, won his first 15 games, he came in and gave us this degree of a guy out there who can make plays that weren't scripted. The improvisation. Wow, that's one of the first guys I had. It's okay. Now, almost to a fault. We come in at times and he's won his 12th game in a row. And I pull him at Ben. Can't do this. Can't do that. You got to stay in here. Go through your progressions because so-and-so is open. But he'd go outside the pocket. He'd play street ball. and throw the ball across the field. A plexical burst. And here we go. First and goal at the one. And we go in and score. And I'd go, no, you can't do it. He'd walk out. And just, here we just won this 12th straight game. And he'd look at me. We won, right, coach? i go, yeah, we won, but just understand what I'm trying to say to you. And I get down right. and tell Wiz, and Wiz going there, he complained to Wiz about me getting on him. And I said, Wiz, make sure you also tell him, I'm really not that mad. Don't stop what you're doing. I have to try and get something to resonate in his head. But please have him continue to have fun playing the game of football and just say, don't worry, I'll deal with coach. So we had to play good cop, bad cop for like the first three years with him. Wow. He, he, did, he did give you – like I said, he gave you that guy that when the game was on the line, he was going to find a way to get it done. And that's what you could see in his eyes. He was athletic. He was smart. He could see the field. He could make all the throws. And he was really, really competitive. And so it was kind of for the first time having a guy who had all the tools. Now, that guy's had good, you know, good ones. Neil was great in the pocket. Cordell can make plays on the run. You know, Tommy Maddox was perfect as an intermediate guy, again, a pocket guy. But this guy could be a pocket guy. He could shake off uh, rushers. He also could get out. He could see the field better than anybody that I had played with. I'm like, wow. He actually went from here to here. I don't think he knows that he did that. But it was actually the right thing to do. <laughs> and so, but it was, um, it was fun coaching him, challenging because I was trying to do the right thing with them. And, you know, but um, yeah, he was, he, on Sundays, when Ben was out there in the fourth quarter and you wanted to ball in someone's hands to bring you back, 
he was the guy. Bill, um, a lot of Jimmy Johnson loved his hand in personnel. He he liked it. Not all coaches do. Uh, Pete Carroll, you know, like like he he's what they call a walk around coach. Pete coaches coaches, but he does like he likes personnel. Um, you know, it's interesting about that. Some coaches are all in. There's a story in your book. Uh, you almost cut uh, uh, James Harrison, um, and it's funny about personnel. Did you? The Steelers are so well run. You're a young coach, and when you're a young coach, as you said earlier to me in the interview, you didn't want to screw it up. This is your team. Yeah. Did did was it hard for you? Did you want to grab everything? Was it harder as a young coach to be? Lane Kiffin once told me this at college. He's like, you only get one USC. I can't screw this up. So it was yeah. hard for him to let the OC call plays and let let the running backs coach do it. Did you struggle with that with a young coach and less so as an old coach, the ability to delegate? No, I, I think I got better at it, Colin. I think the biggest thing I did when I first got there is I got my hands into everything. We were involved with Plan B at the time. And I was working with Tom Donahoe and I worked with him on the draft. The coaches got involved with the draft. And it really was a very collaborative effort that we had in terms of it. And I loved the draft. I mean, it was, it was, it was like a game day. It's like you, you plan for it and all of a sudden it unfolds. It's about who can make in-game adjustments through the course of what you want to come out of the draft with and what's available. And maybe I can go get Troy Palmolo. Let me talk to, to Kansas City. I know Carl. And so it's just like, um, so it was, it was, I love that. And I love being able to, 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 to make calls in the course of the game. But I let my offensive coordinator outside of one game that I was there for 15 years. He called the game. I just said to him, listen, if I call play, which I knew what they were doing, don't question me. If it works, you called it. If it didn't work, I'll take the responsibility. And defensively, I was involved with every game plan. But I always let the coordinators coach, and I coached the coaches. And I would go around to everywhere else, and I'd stand around, and I would just be able to, you know, kind of assess the whole atmosphere of where I thought our team was. Our players will tell you, when I got quiet, they knew that I was about ready to say, let's start this practice over again. So, um, you know, sometimes as you said, you're like, okay, I guess you guys didn't realize that we do have the pads on. It's clearly the <laughs> thinks that we're not playing with pads on. So let's start that nine on seven over again and let me see, make sure that we're ready to play this week. Now, play the Ravens, no pads that whole week. I wouldn't worry about anybody getting hit that, that week. They were going to hit – Baltimore Ravens. That was a, that was an intense rivalry that we had, but it was it was overseeing things and learning to delegate was something I think that I got better at. Really, is more that I coached, and again, because of the, the building that we were in with Dan Rooney, he promoted collaboration. I mean, he wasn't there was no lines of uh, delineation about whose responsibility was this, this, or this. It was us all working together. We get into a room, we didn't always all agree. When we came out of it, we all agreed that that was the final choice that we made. You have situations now where players can be more political, NFL, NBA. Players have more power. Aaron Rodgers, essentially, I don't want to play for Green Bay. Everything has changed. This, this was always an owner-GM coach's league. The NBA was more of a player's league. That was understood. The CBA is, is stronger in the NBA. Um, it, it, how do you think you would have adapted to those challenges with social media, players empowered, bigger salaries, like 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 the Green Bay situation? What would you, yeah. Matt Lafleur? I feel like is just stuck in the middle here. Yeah, but I mean, we're, we're sitting here right now, 
I think the biggest thing that I always used to say, let's be careful about saying and doing things in the off season, because I think there's a lot of things can get misread. And a lot of times I think the noise on the outside is a lot greater than the noise on the inside. People tend to make a lot of, um, you know, they perceive things to be a certain way that they're really not. And I think you gotta be careful not to overreact to that. You know, social media had just come in, Colin, in my last couple of years, as I said to them, listen, we're all in this together. And there's no need to use any kind of platform to discuss what you're like, what you like, or if you're concerned about something or bothered by something. I said, I have an open door policy. I will not sit here and talk about any individual thing publicly, which I never did. I talked about units, never talked about people. I said, but you come in and just, I just understand one thing. If you ask me the tough question, just be ready for the tough answer. Um, if you're asking why you're not playing, I'm going to say, because I don't think you're our best option right now. What can I do to do that better? Show me and prove me that you are a better option than what we're playing with. And so is that unfair? I don't think so. Is that what you want to hear? Probably not. Did you like it? Probably not, but you have to at least respect it. And so um, I would listen. You could vent. Tommy Maddox vented as you read in a book. After I drafted Ben Roethlisberger, you told me you weren't going to draft the quarterback. Well, I didn't know he was going to drop that low. Okay? So <laughs> things happen. All right? So, and, and you know, deal with it. Show me the competitor that you are. Play and see what's going to happen. You know, so, and I think guys like Aaron Rodgers – when, when, when Chan Gailey left, left in 1997, I talked to, to, to Cordell Stewart. He had his best year yet. Let's talk about who you want to do. I'm bringing some guys in. Ray Sherman in. I like Ray. Okay, it's hot, Ray. Ray didn't work out. He moved on to somebody else. So, you know, the players were always will still be a part of it. I think that's the thing between pros and, and college. Rod Whitson would walk off the field. need a blitz more. Okay, hey, Don, we need a blitz more. Rod just said it. He can do this. So I said, you know, hey, you listen at the pro level. And I think that's the biggest difference I saw between college coaches and pro coaches. The college coach says something, you do it. They, the players will not question it because they're in college. The pro coach, you say something, they're going to say, why? So you got to say, well, this is what I'm thinking. Like, I can do it this way. Okay, well, try it your way. But if it doesn't work your way, then you got to do it my way. So you have to be able to listen to them, work with them. Get them to learn to trust you. And that's the biggest thing I said. And I was blessed enough to go right from playing to coaching at the professional level, thanks to Marty Schottenheimer. And I saw that in how he dealt with players. I mean, preparation was everything to him. And I always wanted to make our practices. When he got to Sunday, that was going to be easier than it was during the course of the week. Sundays were going to be like, thank goodness we got to Sunday. So that was what we tried to create. So I think the players are are pretty much the same, honestly. They want a sense of structure. They want a sense of direction. And they want people to be held accountable. And so I think right now, you have great players like Aaron Rodgers. Listen to him. Just pull him in. If you're going to draft someone, tell him you're going to draft them. Okay? Talk with him. You know, so just let him know. Let him be a part of it. He's a guy that's out there throwing. These guys going to be winning you championships or not. It's not you on the sideline. You don't step between the lines. The players do. Respect that. 
Let me run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years. They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract's fine print or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back no matter what the future brings. Sign up today at legalshield.com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for complete terms. You put it off long enough, it's time to replace your tires. Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive. Touring tires for commuter comfort, performance tires for sporty handling, all-terrain tires for on and off-road adventure. Go to TireRack.com to get started. Not sure where to begin? Use the Tire Decision Guide to get a personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose from the full line of Michelin tires. Ship fast and free to a recommended installer near you. Or choose the convenience of mobile tire installation. They'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site. Doesn't get much easier than that. Go to TireRack.com slash Colin to see their Michelin test results, tire ratings, and consumer reviews, and be sure to check out all their current special offers. Great tires, great deal. What more could you ask for? That's TireRack.com slash Colin. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret, like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Thank you to our friends at Panini America, the official trading cards and NFTs of the 2024 Colin Coward Show. Panini America delivers a premier collecting experience with the most sought-after NFL, NBA, FIFA, and WNBA trading cards. Whether you're chasing rookie sensations or collecting timeless legends, Panini's got it. Panini America is also breaking new ground in NIL, featuring some of the biggest names in college sports. And now newly minted first-round picks like number one overall Caitlin Clark, Angel Reese, J.J. McCarthy, Michael Penix Jr., and more. If you're into cutting-edge digital collectibles, don't miss Panini's NFT platform at nft.paniniamerica.net with some of their first opportunities to collect this year's rookie class. Whether you're a collector of physical cards or a digital enthusiast, Panini has you covered. Check out their most popular brands like Prism, Select, Donruss, and more, including Panini Instant Cards celebrating the biggest sports moments on cards right after they happen such as Draft Night Instance. Visit PaniniAmerica.net or download the Panini Direct app today. Panini America, the official trading cards and NFTs of the Colin Cowherd Show. Urban Meyer, who I've known for years, is, is a curious guy and smart. Um, so I do think that gives him a great chance to succeed. And Trevor Lawrence is an insane talent. The Tebow situation is interesting Bill, because it feels a little collegiate to me. It, it, I'm a little, un, and I love Urban. Do you worry that it, the question with Urban isn't that he's smart enough. It's that, does he understand the sensibility of the pro game? The Tebow move feels almost collegiate, or am I missing it? 
No, I, I, you know, I think he, he's good. He's got a young quarterback coming into the National Football League. I think he's picking a guy that and you talk about Tim Tebow, preparation, love of game, uh, unselfish. Um, he has all those things. What he just didn't have as a quarterback was a skill set that, that, that Trevor Lawrence has. So I, I, even though he's playing tight end, um, he's just trying to surround him with a guy that has that passion, that commitment, understanding, like, I've been here. This is what it's like to play in the NFL. And, you know, and I think Urban feels comfortable to me. He's like a guy's like a little bridge between Urban and Trevor. He doesn't, Urban doesn't know really anybody else on that team, even all the other quarterbacks, they're getting to know him. Well, you know, Tim Tebow knows, knows Urban Meyer. And so Urban, that's his voice a little bit into the ear of Trevor without him being just him. So it's like, just reinforce the message because the players have to reinforce the message. The players have to take control of that locker room. And what he's trying to do is bring in some people that he can trust and he knows. Now, Tim Tebow has to also prove his worth or his word won't mean anything in that locker room. You know, if you players do the one thing, you can play or you can't, right? You, you right. can play or you can't. And so he better make it as a tight end and be a, have an integral part of the contribution. Otherwise, his input and his leadership would be kind of, um, it'll fall on deaf ears unless you show that you can play at a high level. You know, a um, couple questions left, Bill. The league has got, used to be there, you're good friends with Belichick. Uh, uh, we we find that out in the book. And and that they used to be in my world, it felt like the league was mostly defensive coaches. I could be wrong, but it just feels in the 70s, 80s, Bill Walsh was like, wow, this yeah. guy's all offense. Now yeah. the tables have turned. The, the game, the regulations, the rules really favor the offense. Is yet there are coaches, you know, Pete Carroll, Mike Tomlin, um, you know, they're thriving. But when you look at the game today, does it concern you as a defensive coach that virtually every rule is puncturing what you'd like to do? Well, I would probably have a really tough time adjusting to today's game. I, and I would throw another guy that's in there that I think has got a bright future is Brian Florence. He's a defensive minded coach as well. And, and I still think that being a head coach is not about whether it's offense or defense. It's about being able to relate to the players, get the players to trust you, and making sure you surround yourself with a good staff. If you're an offensive guy, make sure your defensive coordinator is a guy you can trust. He's established. He's a guy that's going to have credibility when he walks into that room. Same thing if you're an offensive coach and you're doing that. You're still got to be the head coach. You still have to have, you know, your fingerprint, in my opinion, on all three phases. Now, you get the guys like Andy Reid, and Andy's the greatest. He's got Steve Spagnuolo, who was also a head coach. That's why he's got him on the other side. And all of a sudden, they went to the Super Bowl and won one. Why? He went out and got Steve Spagnuolo to, to, to really unite with him. So that combination of having a coordinator that you can trust on the other side, and you can turn that over so that, as you see Sean McVay over there talking to his quarterback while his defense is out there playing, that's fine. But that's what you got to have. But you at some point, too, through the course of time and through the course of sustainability, you have to have your pulse in all three phases. Because if you don't, you're going to let one get away from you, and it's going to be too late to pull it back in. So I always wanted to talk to my team as an offense, defense, special teams, as a head coach. They knew I was a defensive guy, and I was, and the offensive guys knew that as well. 
And I think so. I don't think that even though the game is catered to offense, and I think from Roger Goodell's standpoint, I give him credit. It's a safer game now than it's ever been. It's no entertaining. Question. It's entertaining. I mean, we we see the high points. We love the high points. I still like the fact that running the football low point game still intrigued me. I'm old school guy. But you know what? That's what's great about the game of football. There's so many different ways to, to, to have things. Things work. They go in cycles. They're cyclical. So, you know, right now we're trending in one way, but a few years ago, Bill Belichick won it with defense and ran the football. So, I mean, you know, when Tom Brady didn't have anything else I and mean, he didn't have any weapons around him. So, but he had a guy in that quarterback and he had Josh McDaniel who was right there with him. So, you know, there's so many different ways. It's why I love the game calling of football and of strategizing and of getting to the end. There's so many different roadmaps of ways of getting there that I just think it's why it's so intriguing. What impresses you most about Belichick, your friend? Uh, his respect for the game, um, his love of the game, his understanding of he's a historian of it. Um, you know, Bill and I just go way back and, you know, we, 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 we were, we were friends. I mean, he offered me a job to go there in 1989. I decided to go with Marty Schottenheimer. Bill Parcells had called me and we ended up, I ended up coaching linebackers. I've been coaching secondary. Bill has been going to secondary and had been coaching linebackers. We meet together and, giant stadium and spent a day of giving back and forth and we're, we're friends 89 90 next thing you know 91 we're both competing for the cleveland browns head coaching job he's just coming over off the super bowl win he gets the job i still stay in kansas city the next year i go to, to pittsburgh we go from friends to adversary very very quickly <laughs> <laughs> um and from that time on you know it was pretty much that way but there was a there was a mutual respect, you know, I, I just, I love competing against him. You know, it was just like, you know, I still have a winning record against Bill. If you look at our, our, our head to head, I got a lot of wins when he was in Cleveland. Then he got this guy named Brady, you know, he, he got in the way. <laughs> so, right. you know, but it, 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 I just respect the way he, he keeps taking different teams and, and winning different ways. He doesn't put a system in and try to get players around him. He adapts systems to who he has. And so um, I respect that. And he, he's a very, he's a, they're humbling. They win. They're humble. You can say what you want about it. I learned that about him. I learned how to speak to the media through Bill Parcells. You know, he does a great job of messaging the team through the media. So Bill, Bill Parcells messaging the team through the media. Bill Belichick, the way of like, you know what? It doesn't matter what we did last week. It's the next game we have going on. Don't get caught up in it. And I remember that being a big part of us winning 15, going 15 and one that year. We beat them. And I just remember, you know, I kept thinking about how he had done it before. It's just like, you know, I'm just going to win just one game at a time. We're lucky we got by there. Now we got to do some, some things better or we're not going to win next week. So it was just never getting caught up in the moment or the emotion of the moment, good or bad. Bill, it's a pleasure talking to you. I um, I think you do a great job. You have a real presence on television, and I, I think that's actually a really important factor in coaches. Mike Tomlin has a presence. You have a presence. Um, there's, I think Sean McVay for a young coach has a presence. When you go back and look at your career, what would make you proudest if, if somebody had never watched you coach? They just heard this guy was a great football coach. As a coach, how do you want to be viewed as a coach? 
I gave everything I had. I loved the game. I wore my emotions on my sleeve. I feel like I tried not to disrespect anybody along the way, although my actions at times got the best of me. And I'll be the first one to admit that I was wrong at times. Um, I respected the game. And I know that the game would go on, went on before me, when it would go on after me. But you know what? Every week we were going to come out and play hard. And our players played hard. Our coaches, coaches, their coached their butt off. We tried to do things the right way. We made every game personal as much as we could. But that's how I grew up in Pittsburgh. I didn't like losing. I loved competing. I wanted to do it the right way. And doing it the right way was having the right priorities in life. If you look at me and what I did in my career, it was a part of what my life was about, but it wasn't my whole life. Family and faith was a big part of it as well. And so when it was all said and done, I had three daughters, 52 boys. I came from a football team in Mr. Rooney where it was about family. And handed him that trophy on that day, didn't know when I whispered in his ear, what did you say to him? Well, I said to him, the rosary beads that you gave me at the beginning of playoffs are still in my pocket. Even and I can't believe I'm not even Catholic. So <laughs> I said, you know, it was, I tried to do things the right way with a great deal of passion. And I love to compete. Finally, when you look at that, you could go to YouTube or see a clip of it. I'm sure you've seen it. You and the official jamming the photo in his pocket. I think it's a riot. Do you look at that and laugh? Or go, oh, Bill, what am I doing? Or do you kind of laugh? No, it was, I, I, I knew it was, oh, Bill, like that was not the right thing to do. You know, and I never forget, I walked in and and, and it, my kid gave me a look like, I can't believe you did that. I go, I know, I know. And I and my daughter says, daddy, daddy, I'm so glad you put that. That, that 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 picture and that referee's that pocket because he was wrong. I go, I go, Lauren, he was wrong, but your father was worse than that. You do not show people up like that. He made a mistake, yes, but it wasn't just his fault as well. And there was no need for me to react that way. That's not how you react. People make mistakes sometimes. I've made plenty of mistakes. What I did was wrong. That wasn't right. Well, I still liked it, Daddy. I said, no, no. I'm sure you did, and a lot of people have, but I'll be the first one to say I was wrong. (laughs) Thank you for writing the book. Thank you for joining us on the uh, podcast, Bill. And uh, you're really a credit to the game and a good guy. And, again, I think you have a real presence on CBS, and I appreciate you taking the time for our audience. Thanks, Colin. I appreciate you as well. Much respect to what you do and how your stance is on, on certain things. So much respect coming from here. Thank you. Thanks, Bill. All right, that's Bill Cower. Follow us at The Volume Sports, blah, blah, blah. I want to talk UFOs for a second. Have you noticed in the last three months, four months, five months, all the UFO stories? It's not because we're having more UFOs. Let me explain this to you. If you mentioned you saw a UFO even two years ago, it was crazy town, right? Like you would be mocked. But the minute that little tic-tac showed up off the coast of like San Diego and the Pentagon acknowledged they knew about it, it opened the door for every legitimate media news source to say, okay, here's some more video. 
there are no more UFOs. I'm going to say right now, as the host of this podcast, that in late June, there is going to be a report released by Congress on UFOs. They're going to let us see virtually everything. And I know everybody's jacked up about this, but the best piece of video is going to be the one we already saw that was leaked, that little tic-tac thing flying a zillion miles an hour, which could have been space junk. Who knows? I don't know. I have no idea. But I just want to I'll let you know that you're all getting jacked up for all these UFO stories. There's going to be no Martians unveiled in the next month. I'm sorry. I hate to break this to you. There'll be no Martians. I know you're rooting for it. And the media now doesn't feel stigmatized when they report this stuff. Ever since that damn Tic Tac showed up zipping across the water. I went to a website today. Like six UFO stories. The hell's happened with the media? Six UFO stories. It's insane. Our media now covers UFOs as much as they cover Senate races. The hell has happened to us? I've told you before, I don't believe in ghosts. I'm sorry. And um, I'm not really down on UFOs. I think it's mostly space junk. That's my theory on it. All right, I've rambled. I'm done. At The Volume Sports, Twitter, Instagram, rate, review, subscribe. Chris Mannix, the newest podcast. We're talking NBA hoops and some boxing on the Monday podcast. Have a good weekend. Let me just run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years. They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract's fine print? Or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back, no matter what the future brings. Sign up today at LegalShield.com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for complete terms. What kind of fun is waiting for you at Kings Island? The holy cow, we're way too high and here comes the drop kind of fun. The make a splash all summer kind of fun. The I can't believe I ate that whole funnel cake. Let's get another kind of fun. But most importantly, at Kings Island, you'll find for the fun of it kind of fun. Don't wait to start your fun season. Kings Island is now open on weekends. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Hi, let's talk about Pro Plan Sport. Pro Plan Sport is advanced nutrition made to fuel strength and stamina in active dogs like yours. 
So wherever your next journey together takes you, start it off right with the high-performance fuel your dog needs to keep pushing you every step of the way. Pro Plan Sport. Learn more at ProPlanSport.com. 